Welcome back, everybody, to the Star Wars podcast. Oh, we did the loop. Oh, they got us. I never like to. Uh, I never like to edit that out because it it helps shame me into reminding myself to turn off the loop audio button because that's what it is. Uh, anyways, this is the Star Wars podcast where we talk all things Marvel, Star Wars, and everything in between. Uh, please take a moment to check our show notes to find our social media merch and more. Today, we are very gladly talking about Ahsoka, the first two episodes in full spoiler de- detail. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here. And I'm here with a guy who would never quit becoming a Mandalorian Jedi or a podcaster. It's Tommy. You're right, Michael. And I've thought about it, but your words have convinced me. I- I'm I'm ready to come back and be your Star Wars podcast Padawan. Once again, I just need to make a a cha- change. No, no, to Tommy, no. My hair. Oh, not. I don't need to cut off my hair to so that the helmet fits. For the audio only listeners here, Tommy's pulled a knife to his beautiful locks, and uh, he's that's how committed I am, Michael. That's how. <laughs> uh, all right, Tommy. So, the, all right, look, your hair's still there. We're good to go. Uh, yeah, but we do before. Yeah. We do have a great guest here today. It is our great uh, buddy, Star Wars correspondent, Greg. Greg, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, super excited to be talking about Ahsoka. I know you are too. We've we've yes. been like chatting back and forth. Um, so, yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you first, Greg. How are you doing? Before we even get into all that, I feel like uh, you know, you up to anything fun? No, I um I um I took scuba diving lessons recently. That was okay. pretty rad. But otherwise, no, my life is very chaotic, but not necessarily fun. Okay. All right. I get that too. So, um, Greg, well, let's go ahead and get your takes up top here. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of anticipation leading up to this and a lot of rumors of this being the sequel to Rebels. Uh, so what did you think of Ahsoka thus far? Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Please. I thought it was fucking great. I am so fucking stoked for this. Um, I went in very, very like empty. Like I did not look at any trailers. I didn't read any media or anything. I had a general idea of the time period in which it was going to take place. But other than that, I knew absolutely nothing. And I was so stoked to essentially be getting Rebels season five on this. And to like, and also then to have Hu Yang back was awesome. And like, like every, there were just so many little parts of it that brought me tons of joy, which I'm sure that we'll get into. And like, I've only watched it once and then very quickly again to kind of take some notes so you know i wasn't i was so i think there was so much like nerd service in it that it was hard for me to watch critically really but i was i was very very happy yeah that seems to be a common thread from the reviews i'm seeing it's like uh the rebels fans love this show and if you're not a rebels fan you're like what the hell's going on here uh but well, Greg, I want to ask you this since you weren't watching trailers or anything. And I guess, Tommy, I can ask you as well. I want to know, like, were there any like big surprises? Because from my perspective, I watched one trailer and I, I, I heard about a lot of things that were coming. I basically knew all the characters were going to show up. Were there, was there anything that really surprised you that we got here that maybe you wouldn't have caught not watching trailers? I don't think I mean, the big thing that really surprised me that I was also very, very happy about 
was the return of the Night Sisters as a thing in the Star Wars universe because in those Clone Wars episodes with the Night Sisters and Asajj and Darth Maul and stuff are some of my absolute favorite ones. And I always thought that it would be really amazing to have a Night Sisters show. As a matter of fact, I think I once DM'd you while I was in the middle of my Clone Wars watching uh, to talk about how much I wanted a Night Sisters show. So to have that kind of like mythos and storyline brought back into the show, I was very surprised and very happy. Yeah, Tommy, what about you? Are you Anything surprise you? A, a little bit kind of like that in the sense that I was surprised that Morgan is becoming such a big figure. I, I thought it, uh, she was just a, there to get us into this for Ahsoka, like a setup. So I was kind of surprised that it seems like she's kind of, at least right now, the big bad until, it's wrong, until someone comes and takes the seat away. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I uh, echo everything Greg's saying. I thought the show overall, it, it, it's... I feel back to like, you know, many, many years now when Rebels was on. And I, I guess I ask a question. Um, should this just have been called Rebels 2 or Rebel? Because I think that's the, like to what you're saying, like people who don't, haven't watched Rebels are like, why do I have to watch Rebels to watch this other show? It's like, it's it's a sequel. Like, I think we can call that now, right? Like, it's, it's a sequel show. Yeah, it's a choice to call this Ahsoka. I mean, I realize she probably does have the most screen time, but like we're getting a lot of Hera and Sabine stuff, and I don't think that's going to slow down. No, in fact, it looks like Sabine may end up being as major a character as Ahsoka is going forward if these first two episodes are any indication. Yeah, it reminded me of Ezra in the beginning of Rebels, where it's like we're really kind of seeing it from his point of view, and I, I kind of felt that with Sabine. is like she's our point of view character right now. Yeah, and just like Rebels, you know, we'll we'll start out with who we might consider a main character, and then we'll have like four episodes in a row that only focus on Hera, you know. And I'll be interested to see if there's any sort anything that we could do to capture that kind of spirit of like kind of getting to know the crew all together. And then there's people out there that you know, I I, I don't know if they're coming, but I hope so. Zeb, where's Zeb? I mean, we saw him in uh, Mando, but. <laughs> I thought that we'll was just like keep cutting to him on that like station. He'll just be sipping some tea or something. Eventually he'll come in. Uh. I am wondering if we're going to get, um, if we're going to get more of like really bringing the crew back together, like is Hera going to join the ship and the quest again is, you know, is, are we going to have chopper rolling around, waving his arms around on the ship and everything like, like, are, is this really going to be getting the band back together or is it just sort of going to be Ahsoka and Sabine doing their thing with, you know, Hera helping them remotely or like, what's the deal going to be? Tommy, I know you hate this trope, but it's definitely happening in the penultimate episode when everybody comes together and there's the team oh, up yeah. and about to go do the thing. Yeah. So uh, I definitely yeah. see it going there. I would, I don't want it. That's my problem. It's like, give it to us early. Give it, give it to us right away. Had the band. Cause like, I, I think I said this to you off the pod, uh, Michael It's like rebels to me was, is the most D and D like uh, <laughs> Star Wars. And I, and I lo love D and D clearly, but I, I think it works so well with these characters where it's like, they all had their own backstories and rebels. We kind of ventured into them. They all kind of had their role too. They're like, they work as a cohesive group. And I think to have them separate, it's not going to have that, that feeling that I want. So I want that. I want as much. We only have eight episodes, Michael. I want that as soon as possible. Oh, I, I don't want one 10. episode. No. Is it 10? I thought it was 10, but I, but it might probably wrong. Cause I haven't really looked into it that deeply. Let's see. I mean, I think we'll get more. I, I would be very surprised. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Eight and then, yeah. Yeah. It looks like eight. Um, but I think that's the interesting thing. And like, hmm. I think, 
especially on the verge of some of these new Star Wars movies coming out, specifically the one that will be in the hands of Dave Filoni. Um, I think it's safe to say that this show is going to be a lot of setup to other things to come. Um, for instance, I do think, Tommy, you mentioned um, Morgan, the Night Sister, is kind of being set up as the main villain thus far. I think she's going to be the main villain. I don't think we get anybody bigger until maybe like the last episode. I think she's the big bad. And uh, we'll worry about the bigger stuff when we get to like the movie or maybe even season two of Ahsoka. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. And, and they're very clearly like setting up these like people that were emperor or first, you know, whatever evil group being in part of the New Republic. But like, that's not working out for them. We saw it in Mando. We, we see it a little bit here. I think that's definitely going to be setting up where the future there's clearly going to be a third group right like there's going to be some evil nefarious organization that's going to pop up once again maybe withdrawn as their leader yeah so i want to i want to touch on this because it's my kind of my favorite new storyline that we're getting here between these two new characters that we open on in the first episode it's balin and shin hati um I thought both of these characters were really awesome. I think that we actually don't get a whole lot of like information about who they are, what they're up to. We get a little bit, um, but I feel like through a lot of the action they're in, we get told a lot about their characters, right? I think Balin, like especially when you look at the fighting styles between the two, uh, Hati is like just guns. It's it's much like Obi Wan and a Anakin. Hati is much like Anakin, where she's she's just running and gunning, and then Obi Wan's more uh, calm, cool, and collected. I mean, there's this scene when he's in the hallway where he's just like he's moving his like he's like so robotic about the and like he's so good he's so good so uh i'm really excited about these characters and i'll throw it to whoever else wants to touch on them i, I was just gonna touch on you know who they remind me of uh dooku and ventress a little bit like dooku Ooh. with this kind of like i'm still a jedi i have my i have a code and like i get that from baylor where like at the end of the second episode like when he's like you know it's a real it's a real tragedy that we'll have to kill him because it's like there's still this respect for the jedi way um, that I feel from. I love these two characters. Like I, I think I messaged you right away. I got two minutes of the episode, and I was like, "Man, this is what I wanted out of the Inquisitors and Obi Wan." Is this kind of feeling of intimidation? This feeling of, uh, man, that we're coming into a group that is organized, already a blow to the good guys, and and I think that fits the Rebels' way. Like if we remember Rebels, they constantly were from behind, and I, I think I love that they're keeping that kind of theme of like. We we're never ahead of the curve. We're always playing catch up to the other side. Yeah, I I never really like like the Inquisitors never really stuck with me. I mean, I mean, mostly obviously a little bit not in the last uh, Mando series, but you know, mostly they felt fairly robotic and personalityless. And the um, and Balin especially, I felt like, because he has that like gravitas of like an old Jedi who's been around for a long time. And when they go to that scene on the uh, in the Night Sisters Temple where the map goes out, and he's like talking about you know the history of the Jedi and the tall tales with a with a level of like respect for the past that you don't get all, that I never felt like with the Inquisitors or even like with the with um with the like in the early movies with Darth Maul and stuff like that, where they felt just more, more like killing machines, you know? And so I really liked that part. I really loved Shin. She was just like a cat all the time, like the way she kind of got down on her and she was like really feisty and the way that she had that kind of crazy look in her eyes and stuff like that was really cool too. So yeah, I was also really into both of these two. 
So I want to I want to raise the uh, the sadder question, which is the the betrayal of uh, of Balin by Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson recently passed away. We got a nice like a uh, uh, you know for you Ray card at the end. Um, I, I want to get you guys' feelings on like where you see this going. Is this going to be the type of thing where like um, do you think they're closing out his story in this season already, or are we going to be left hanging with uh, what's going on here? He did film the whole season, right? He did, yes. I, I'm more so wondering, like, because my perspective was that I figured the way that they were being built up, it seemed like there's so much story to mine from these two that there's no way we can, like, just have these characters and kill them by the end of the season. Like, I don't think we have the time with these characters to really appreciate who they are. So it does make me a little nervous that, like, yeah, Balin, we might just be left with no Balin from now on. Uh, I, I could see it going either way. I, I think if I you know had to choose right now, I think they wrap it up in the season because I think they're already putting little hooks. Like we see the look she gives when he's like, we're going for power. Like I think there's some dynamics they can play with with the two of them. And, and in general, like because they've given them so much personality, they're not just like Greg said, they're not just killing machines. They do have wants and needs themselves. So I could see them easily wrap it up even with like, if, if it was wrapped up, I could see them do it in the edit of like, you know, someone saying something off screen or something to wrap it up. That way you don't have to worry about it. But I want to see more. I, I'm really sad and even more, you know, watching it uh, of his death because like I see I love these characters. Like I want to see them stay with this, with the show. Yeah, I could see them wrapping it up too, or at least maybe doing something where they reduce where they reduce it for some reason, or send them off on a quest and then do some CGI garbage uh, to you know bring him in for bits and pieces. Um, but you know, I could also see them killing him off dramatically. But I mean, it would have to happen off screen, and kill and that can't be that dramatic if it happens off screen. So maybe just one of those things where you know. He gets sent off to do some other job and never comes back or something like that. I don't know. You know, for better or for worse, I would put money on the fact that every Star Wars or Lucasfilm contract you sign says we are able to use your likeness and CGI oh, yeah, sure. no matter what happens for the rest of the time. Yeah. I can guarantee that's a thing now uh, because they do it so often, uh, whether it's tasteful or not. So Right, right. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump uh, I want to go to another character here, one that uh, is really interesting to me because I felt like there was a lot of stuff that happened between Rebels and here where I would like I felt like the other people were like uh, other people felt like they were catching up with what happened in Rebels. I feel like I was catching up what happened between Rebels and then with Sabim, who is basically been trained to become a Jedi. It looks like that was cut off at some point, um, but I did really love seeing Sabim here. I'll actually go ahead and say it. I think of all three of the betrayals, I think Sabim has the best spirit to the animated character. Um, Ahsoka's great too, but I just, I feel really good about what Sabine's doing here. Wow, really forgetting Chopper. And his that's, that's a good point, <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a lot of differences in Chopper I'll get to later. Oh. That uh, first scene of Sabine jamming with her uh, scooter down there with whatever the, you know, uh, Lotharian version of Bikini Kill was was really really sweet. Like I was, I thought that was so excellent. I really, I, I agree. It really captured the spirit really well. Yeah, I think Sabine is going to be a, a standout of this show. Uh, exactly what you're saying, Michael. I think all of them 
uh, did a good job of portraying the characters. Like I think I mentioned to you, Ahsoka had a couple of the ticks that I'm like, oh, that's straight out of the cartoon. And uh, but Sabine had so many that I'm like, that's straight. Like you are are the cartoon right now. You have the mannerisms down, the looks, the smugness sometimes, the the responses, everything down to a T. Uh, I, I think this character is uh, just going to blossom on this show. And, and I, I think I, I'm very excited to see where it goes. Hera, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Hera's makeup was a little much. Really? Actress, The actress is really good. The makeup was a little over the top. I, I thought I've really, here's the thing. And this is Greg, maybe, maybe you don't feel this way because you don't watch the Marvel TV shows. But <laughs> when it, if it, I love makeup. I, like, just don't make it a CGI. Like, like Star Wars proved that you can have a green character and not have it computer generated. So, yeah, but that's like you're muted, Mike. It might not be perfect, but uh, I really appreciate it. I mean, I can agree with that. You know, I mean, obviously, I vastly prefer it to putting a CGI character in there or like using some sort of like CGI or half CGI, like like. Uh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, like with CGI, you know, um, um, uh, oh God, I, I, the, I forget what the actual name for yeah. their little tails are. The Leku, is that it? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'll say it since we're talking about Harold, but I, she actually did grow on me in the second episode. It was in that first episode. I felt like I was seeing more of Mary than I was here. Like, it, and maybe it's because I've seen a lot of her work that I was like, it just feels like I'm, it's 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 the actress and not the character but in the second one she was uh quipping with chopper i actually thought i started to feel some of those mannerisms come out a little bit more uh so i'm excited i think it's a character that i'm gonna have to see more of but overall there was not a whiff which is i think the biggest thing like they all at least were portraying the characters as they should and i think it, it helps that david filoni has such a hand on this uh, Tommy, I want to go back to Sabim real quick because I got to ask. This is this is like a. I mean, this comes up once a season, whether we're talking about Marvel or Star Wars. Um, the fake death at the end of episode one, or was it a fake death? How do you how do you feel about it? I, I will say I was glad that we had two episodes. I didn't have to linger on that for a week. Um, but how did you feel about? Uh, did you buy that for any second? No, and and I think. If it was just to be like a fake death and it, it to be like everyone's shocked that she died, I think I would be more upset with it because it was more used to show how she's, I think the, the point of it was not that she, you should ever think she's going to die, but more to show she's still really inexperienced as a Jedi. Um, and there's still this like animosity between her and Ahsoka and this feeling of like, you're not ready, you're ready. So I think what they used it for, I'm more okay with than like, some of Marvel's like just ran here's the death here's this thing just to get a shock value it didn't feel like a shock value it felt more like we're gonna use this I don't even think it was meant to sell that she was going to die like it seemed very clear to me when I saw it like it kind of went through the very side of her you know as opposed to like usually when somebody gets killed with a lightsaber through the chest it's like right through the chest and so to me it seemed pretty clear from the beginning I don't even think they were trying to pretend you know I think the only thing that really makes me think that is the fact that that's how we ended the episode and right, like that, right. like, as if it was a cliffhanger yeah. and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, and, and to be fair, when I was watching that, there was no, there was not one second or moment within me that said, Oh my God, she's dead. Like I knew, especially we'll get onto this topic. Dave Filoni, he doesn't kill his characters. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He didn't, he killed like one ever. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, staying on Sabine for a second, uh, how I feel like Star Wars and recently like TV shows they love dancing around a topic, and this whole like Sabine and Ahsoka big breakup. Can we just know? Do we need it? Because I know what they're going to do. They're going to wait for a flashback where we see why she decided to leave, not come back for or not come back to Sabine. But it's like it's hard when the dialogue is dancing around it. They're like, you know that thing when you left me and it's like <laughs> all right let's just say it just say what happened <laughs> yeah uh it, it, it's interesting because there is like a lot there and I, I will say it's an interesting part of ahsoka's character where this is not like the first time we've seen her leave a master apprentice uh scenario so it's kind of like a trend for her and like i'm wondering what that's what how that's going to play into like her emotional arc this season and like you know stop abandoning people <laughs> Yeah, I mean that then will I mean I guess I mean I would I would guess of course that this is going to lead to a successful reunion and increased maturity for all involved because that would be a pretty standard arc for this kind of thing but um it'll be fun to watch. I do I will say that if they are going to do a flashback, I wish they would have done it before the reunion rather than rather than doing the reunion and then flashing back to it after, because I think it would have brought more weight to everything that is happening here. Like maybe we could have opened the episode with that or had our first scenes of Ahsoka together, have the flashback or whatnot, um, just to bring a little more heft to it, to the inevitable reunion, which we all knew was coming anyways. Um. Y'all want to talk about Ahsoka? I mean, it is the name of the show. I feel like we've been so excited with these Rebels characters that um, I, we need to talk about some Ahsoka here. I thought right. it got off to a good start. I really liked the Raiders of the Lost Ark-esque uh, beginning of, uh, you know, finding the idol and then escaping. Um, obviously, she got to show off her Jedi skills against the... Um, assassin droids i thought the whole thing of her jumping in the hole and then getting them from underneath was really fun and cool um even though i did see it coming a mile away um but i mean i will say it's probably going to take a little bit to more for i think the judgment to come because the character is a little more stoic and reserved and is played that way and that's what we expect but it may be a little while i think it, for it to for Ahsoka to warm on us in, as opposed to someone like Sabine who has such an outward character who is so vividly portrayed, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well said, you know, I, I, I really like this portrayal. I, I would say it does match with like kind of what we get, you know, there, there are like stages to Ahsoka and like we see her become, it's almost like the stronger she gets, the more stoic she gets. Mm -hmm. And again, like there. Dave Filoni has made the comparison to Gandalf a lot and Gandalf the mm. White, and she's kind of in her like Gandalf the White era, which so I really uh I, I I like the way that they're going about it. I don't think I have any issues with the portrayal of Ahsoka. I think more so I need to see Ahsoka be a little bit more of a badass. Um, I feel like there's a couple uh, interactions she's had here where if this was like final seasons of Clone Wars Ahsoka, like it wouldn't have been a problem. Like that's how strong we've seen Ahsoka be. We've seen Ahsoka take down uh, a, an Inquisitor with a single blow. And like, I haven't seen that yet. Like Ahsoka is one of the greatest Jedis of all time, in my opinion, from where she goes. And I'm not, I, it's not mathing with me right now but they got to create tension in the fights. 
What if she just went around and one hit everyone? <laughs> Be no fun. But I, I agree with you. I, I do think that's a big thing with Ahsoka. It's like she kind of always has the upper hand hands in these battles. Um, I, I will say with this first scene, I definitely got big uh, uh, Guardians vibes as well. You know, <laughs> Star Lord going for the the orb. Um, but I, I love this intro. I, I think it's set up the show well. I think Ahsoka as a character is really interesting to me. And like we were just saying with the betrayal with Sabine, I think uh, it will be interesting exploring that side. You know, she, she mentioned like, oh, well, like my, my master didn't finish training me. And I, I think that could be a connection there. Like, I think there's this feeling of like, I'm going to leave you before you leave me kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, I just think we have a ton of character to still explore here as much as much as we've gotten a ton of character portrayal of ahsoka before there's still this like it's cool that we can still hit on new arcs with her you muted michael <sighs> uh what else on ahsoka anything else that needs like uh standout scenes that you're really excited to see here I think hair were fun. The I thought yeah, the attractions. Yeah. yeah, that that was what I was about to get to. The scene where her and the scenes where her and Hera are interacting together alone without Sabine, I think are 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 nice. They don't have like there's still that awkwardness with her and Sabine that kind of like overshadows some things. Some well said. Um, okay, well let's talk about this because we did touch on uh, this fight here that she had. And there's this character. I believe the character is Morak. I didn't write it down, but I heard it. Um, it is like the third Sith type character um, that we get here that kind of looks like an Inquisitor, has an Inquisitor style lightsaber. We don't get a whole lot from this character. I will say there seems to be a lot of buzz, fan theory buzz around this. I don't know if uh, if either you know what I'm talking about or want to set it up. I don't I I've heard one, but I don't know. I, I like heard it through the rumbling, so I don't even know if this is a theory or one person was just like, yeah, this, and this is the only thing I've heard is Knights of Ren? Question mark? That's not bad. I, I could uh, I could see that. Especially, I mean, the get-up is very similar. Um, mm. I will say the biggest thing I've heard, and it is a, it's weird because we do have, like, we have Balin, we have uh, Shin Hati, so it's like, why do we need like this third character? Like what, what role is this person fulfilling? Um, it kind of almost, they're playing it. Like this is like the red shirt uh, one here. Like he's just going to die it off at some point, but something hit me. And actually I was on the unqualified heroes podcast last night talking about this Messi hit me with a theory. I've seen it some other places too. It really blew my mind, but he, he said that this could very likely be Ezra and Ezra is enchanted by the night sister. Well, I, I like it. I because there definitely needs to be more there. They didn't die if he, if he's like a red off. Like I feel like he got too much attention to just be like a one off, gonna die inquisitor. That like I I I kind of buy into it. I don't know because you know I mean supposedly Ezra disappeared with Thrawn and they're trying to find Thrawn. So how would Ezra have gotten like like if they found Ezra you would think they would have found Thrawn too. So how does how does that work? Like how did that separation happen? How did you know that I mean I I I'm I'm here for it. I'm just I just don't understand how given the mythos that we already have that's supposed to work, you know. Well, let me ask this cuz and this is where I'm getting a little confused because 
especially in the Mandalorian and the Ahsoka episode, it we see Morgan, and it's very much set up that Morgan has this relationship with Thrawn, right? I think Ahsoka calls Thrawn her boss. Uh, so they clearly are in some sort of contact. Now, I think the big question is because they were they were spending so much time trying to get this map, and I don't think it was ever really clearly laid out that were they getting the map to keep it from them or to go find Thrawn? I don't know, or maybe it I'm seemed, missing something. It seemed to me that it was to go find Thrawn because it wasn't until after they got the map that they started building the big, you know, Stargate, you know, um, and so. That's how it struck me. I mean, I mean, you're right that it does feel like there's a connection there and maybe it's just some weird, you know, strong force, you know, through the universe connection or something like that. But um, but it, it seemed to me like they needed the map to take the next step. Didn't they show it in the the episode where. Um, so I, I do think they're going to find Thrawn because I and if I don't know if it's Thrawn that's talking to her. Because so there was a moment in the map where she, you hear this voice. And so it's like there's this connection. So she keeps hearing this voice and she's like Thrawn. So I think that's the only reason she thinks Thrawn's still out there. Now, who's to say it's really Thrawn or it's somebody or something else reaching out to her. But I do think like that's why she feels so confident that, that there is this other um, pool. I, I think there's a lot. I have theories of like, is you know, we keep seeing the three, the three statues and like, and rebels, there was a whole thing about like going back in time. Like, are we going to get into that stuff at all? The 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 gateway and and this idea of like this bridge to uh, different galaxies. There's so much stuff there, but I, I definitely feel like there's we're being led to think certain things. I think on purpose and being led to feel so like you know even with the mask guy, like we're saying, there's definitely more there because why keep it? Why have him mask when you're showing Bail? You know these other uh, people's faces. What if? What if it's Darth Jar Jar, guys? They're finally doing it. Darth Jar Jar Inquisitor. That would be wild. I wouldn't I'm see here it for it. I'm here for that, too. All day. <laughs> Every Star Wars. We just got to get... I had to get in early on the first episode. Hey, now, Dave, we, now we don't... Dave Filoni never kills anyone off. What if it's Kanan for really getting the band back together? Yeah, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, you know, crossed lovers and Hera and Kanan here. Um, <laughs> Tommy, you touched on like, you know, possible time travel. I just want to say the Lego Star Wars Holly's special already did that. And there's no way they could do it any better. You're right. You're right. What was I thinking? <laughs> Uh, for real though that's a you know it sounds silly but that's actually a really enjoyable little special no i loved i i watched i watched it it was very good <laughs> okay um let's see here what else can we touch on uh some we, some easter egg thingies i mean you we got some easter eggs more. yeah I, uh so in the be oh sorry go ahead no i just wanted to touch on hu yang a little bit because like i so enjoyed the return of hu yang as a major character because again hu yang at the center of what i consider some of the more memorable you know clone wars episodes especially in the way that you know hu yang's presence and role in the jedi you know his history his you know he, he he opens up a major, you know, sort of world building part of like how Jedis get their lightsabers and how they build them and his history as a part of that. And then to see him come in as a character and bring that knowledge to bear, I think is a really, really cool expansion of the Star Wars universe that I was really, really happy to see. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's actually you're reading my mind, Greg, because that was one of the things I was going to touch on in my Easter eggs. You know who's voicing 
Hewitt. Yes, David Tennant from Doctor David, Who. That's right. Uh, and I think he does a really good job here of like really bringing personality and compassion to uh, this character. He voiced it in Clone Wars as well, didn't he? Oh, really? I, didn't I know think it was a so. Reprisal. Yeah, I yeah. believe he did. I, that, I, I have to agree. It's the youngling, they're the younglings arc of Clone Wars, which is just so good. And to be yeah. honest, like, I, like if I if you had me pick out characters from the animated shows to come over into live action, I don't know that this is one I would have picked. But I'm so glad that they did. It's such an inspired choice. And like we see how much he's utilized in these episodes, where you know, again, he's the reason they know Balin is a Jedi. He uh, he is also motivating Sabine. Like he's such like a bright spot, and he's like gonna be a really helpful part of the crew too. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, other. Going off that, another voice actor coming in, Clancy Brown, coming in, uh, reprising his role as, as Ryder. Um, loved. I, I'm kind of a sucker for Clancy Brown. I don't know. He's in everything. I, I always love when I can see him on the screen. And then the other person there uh, that we see, uh, an older uh, Joel Krell, who's now a senator. Um, exciting. Just It's exciting to see any way they can fold in these characters that were in the Rebels series. Yeah. Um. Another one that I always forget about, uh, but I was reminded that, uh, you know, Dave Filoni is back voicing Chopper, which I, I don't know how that works. How do you, how does that make sense? But he is credited as the voice of Chopper. He makes the noise. He, he probably that. does exactly that into some sort of voice synthesizer doodad, you know. Mm. I did really love uh, Chopper. They, I thought the I thought the portrayal of Chopper was excellent. It was really, really, really good. Yeah, he was so fun. It was, uh, you know, we we got him like flexing a little bit. Like uh, he was a lot of great throwing uh, stuff I will around. Say, yeah. Uh, no war crimes on this podcast, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of good TikToks about yeah the war criminal uh, chopper, but uh, no, he's really great. And I, I did want to touch on like I think the biggest change here is like you can really make out the words he's saying uh, under the the womp womp womps. Um, you know, I've seen they've I've seen videos where people have gone back and subtitled exactly what he's saying, and it matches up perfectly. So um, that is an interesting element that we're getting here in the live action version of Chopper. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I'll have to pay attention to that again. I'll try to find the video. And if I do, I'll put it in the show notes too. So everyone can go look. <laughs> it's I really do hope we get more chopper. Like if Hera ends up off to the side for most of the epi for most of the episodes, then naturally we're not going to get more chopper. And that would almost make me more sad th than not getting more Hera, honestly. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? Uh, well, uh, we went, we, we went got, that, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I keep going. Uh, we got a uh, kind of Ezra. I, I actually thought, you know, we saw the the, the little um recording from the end of Rebels. Uh, I thought just from the little bit, you know, we'll have to see when if he's coming, right, guys, if the live action version is is there in full full form. But I thought he actually got a lot of the mannerisms of Ezra as well, and just the the little bit that he did there. Um, and this kind of transitions into a question I have for you guys. Okay. Sabine and Ezra, romantic or just family? They specifically kept the part about him calling her a sister, but I've seen, you know me, I love a good ship. I've seen it both. I've seen this. There's a lot of fan fiction about this. I've, huh? I've, hey, I'm ready to write my Sabine uh, Ezra fan fiction. She touched his face, Michael, on the mural very <laughs> fondly. 
there was no consummation of that in Rebels, right? Like, no, there was no kisses or anything else like that, right? Yeah, no, no, uh, just lots of, of fondness for each other and a best friendship, but never, never went past that line. I could see it. On the other hand, I'll also say that, you know, Star Wars has never been very good at or actually very active at all in portraying romantic relationships. I think, you know, the, the best we get is probably Han and Leia, and we don't really see it happen. We see it happen a little bit, and then we see the results at the end, but like the like courtship and them getting together part never really occurs. And I can't think of, I mean, well, I guess obviously Anakin and uh, Padma in uh, the original trilogy, but I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, like putting together romantic relationships is not a thing that Star Wars does, you know? Yeah, and also I feel like they have to step away from like the brother-sister stuff, you know? I feel like once mm. you say sister, uh, right. they're, they're, they've kind of ruled that out just based on their track record, you know? Listen, I agree. I would love to see it. Like as much as I'm joking about the shipping, I would love to just see a female and male relationship that doesn't turn into a romance. It would be nice that it's just this, like they grew up together and they are this like un undeniable uh, best friend duo kind of thing. Um, but, but I, for, for my Ezra Sabine shippers out there, you know, we had a touch on it. What's the ship name there? Dude, it's gotta have one. I'll look it up. <laughs> As being um, Sebezra. Okay, that's that's actually Sebezra is. I think I believe that is the name. Really? Right. I called it. According to Google, I you know I'm not going to dive too much deeper. I just saw Sebezra. <laughs> <laughs> it's it now, baby. <laughs> Um, I, I thought uh, I was really excited to see us go back to Corellia, which uh, we see is Han Solo's planet and uh, the Solo movie. Uh, we kind of get in a different light, too, because I actually watched some of Solo the other day. And a lot of the scenes on Corellia are like pitch black. And this was like in the day. And uh, yeah, it seemed like a, a lot nicer place these days. I guess that's what comes with the New Republic, though. I want a loaf cat. That has nothing to do with Corellia. But I just wanted to mention <laughs> it. <laughs> they're, they're cool. Um, the Lothcats are very cool. I saw somebody say that the Lothcat had overtaken uh, Baby Yoda as the cutest creature in Star Wars. And I am I think that's a hot take personally, but the Lothcat is very cool. Michael, off-season off podcast, cutest, top five cutest things in Star Wars. Porgs. I mean, yeah. Bring it. Ewoks. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe a tier list. Yeah, tier list. Yeah, and then what, what about like is the, what about the little droid? Uh, what I have here. Oh, mouse. oh the mouse. Yeah, they're, they're, are those are those cute? In I mean, droid land, I bet the, I bet you in droid land they they love the mouse droids. They're like, <laughs> oh man, cutest droids out there. I think standing alone, they're not cute, but they're cute in their implementation. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right um, listeners you tell us uh, mouse droids hot or not hot or not <laughs> smash or pass on the mouse droid <laughs> what's Wasn't the mouse droid's body count <laughs> um the uh i wanted to get back to corellia a minute and the thing that i really liked about it was this sort of again expansion of what we saw in andor of how the um you know the the imperial 
um, the former imperial workers are being sort of integrated into the rebellion and how that doesn't always work out very well and the implement and the implications of their attempts to do that and sort of, you know, run the rebellion as kind of like a business in some ways, you know, um, I, I thought that was cool. I, I would like to see more of that because I'm always, I'm just always really into, into like when they bring those kinds of cultural things into the show. That, and that, that's something I'll give star Wars over Marvel. They're doing a better job of having these cross series themes and, and storylines where they're like set up just one nugget and then let that go in another show. And, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where that goes. My, my favorite uh, trend here that we've been getting with the New Republic is I feel like the New Republic is as incompetent as the Empire is evil, uh, which mm. is very interesting. I feel like they both have their shortcomings, uh, and it makes a lot of sense that, you know, this isn't going to last too long. I feel like that's a classic theme of, you know, you know, uh, scrappy but good versus, you know, competent but evil. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's unique to Star Wars necessarily. Fair enough. Good point. <laughs> but it, this is the second time where you let people stay near power and then they went back to the evil side. At a certain point, I think you just got to put them on an island, put them on oh, some yeah. planet and be like, we're going to form our own. We don't need your knowledge. We'll form a new government. Because like, it's like, I'm going to be honest, you know, fool me once, shame on, on you. Uh, fool me twice, shame on me. Is that saying? Like at this point, New Republic, it's your fault. I'm kind of rooting. I might be rooting for the Empire if they. So you wanted to because... you wanted to put all the the Imperial people on one planet. That's what you're saying. Yeah, they don't just get need a to find chance. the you know the 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 rebellions equivalent of Australia, right? You just yeah. ship them all there and then yeah. leave them behind, and they can do what they need to. I know what you're getting at, Michael. I would like to do something else with them, but that feels a little mean to be like, let's just murder them all. Oh, I wasn't gonna say that either. I was gonna, well, I was gonna say, oh, you're gonna put them all, all the bad guys in one place. I mean, look, well, you send, yeah, you send Sidious off. Look what he does when he's off alone. You send Thrawn off. God knows what he's got cooking up. Well, exactly. I'm saying, play one. We probably murder him, but I don't want to say it on a podcast. We'd say they went to a nice planet, Michael. And then, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, a nice, a nice barn out in the country, yeah. right? <laughs> Oh wow! I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll be honest. I, I'm running. I'm running short on my list here. I don't know if there's anything else that you guys want to touch on before we start to close out here. If we oh, have this, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what about we got an opening crawl? We haven't had this in Star Wars in a while. That was kind of cute. Hey, way better than the Emperor Palpatine's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We couldn't <laughs> leave on that note. <laughs> It was fine. I didn't like that. If you're going to do a crawl, do it right, right? It was the wrong font. It was the wrong color. It didn't do the like triangle extending off into the distance thing. It's like, it just felt kind of half-assed to me, honestly. It was cool, but you know, let's, 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 let's do it right. It felt like the combi- it felt like the combination of new and old Star Wars though where like especially in Solo again having seen that reason we get like a lot of these like uh you know whether it be like them titling the planets as we go to them or um yeah more title cards than than actual crawls and I felt like it was like the combination of the new school and old Star Wars so I don't know I kind of kind of worked for me Definitely not classic though No yeah, it feels like they wanted to keep it. Like, I feel like they're trying to separate themselves from the originals. Like, they're starting to try to be like, and this is just one of those ways, but it's hard because it's like, we're like, just, but you did it. It's perfect. I mean, you already nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Greg, did you have something? 
I was trying to, I mean, um, and this is my memory failing. We've got the Night Sisters back. Um, did Asajj die? So, spoilers, she is dead, according to a book that came out after the Clone Wars, mm, called The okay. Dark Disciple, which actually um, tracks the love story between her and Quinlan Voss from uh, Clone Wars. It's actually a pretty good book. I read it. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where she dies, unfortunately. Okay, because I was thinking I would love to see Asajj back again, too, and I always thought that Asajj would make a great main character for a show as well, but I guess that's out of the cards. Yeah, so uh, we'll have to wait on the more night sister stuff. So, um, all right, guys, Greg, thank you so much. It's always always a blast to get to catch up with you. Um, uh, you want to tell people what's going on in your world? Uh, wh what are you doing? Um, what's you? going on in my world? I was well in my professional world. I've been writing a book which has been taking up a lot of my time. And then my book publisher looks like they're going down the tube. So now I'm trying to find a new place to publish my book. Oh, no. So that's um, kind of uh, crazy. Um, and I might be moving, but you know, not a lot, not a lot going on here. Um, I'm not really on the Twitters anymore, but I'm on blue sky at uh, GDD. So if anybody wants to dig me up there, they can. Man, all these, I feel like, uh, what is it? It's like uh, Game of Thrones houses, all these new like Twitter apps. Like, which house do you belong to? Right. Like, I'm a threadhead. I'm a, yeah, I don't know all the, so. <laughs> Tommy, which one are you on? Yeah. Uh, none of them. Basically, I barely use social media. I just use it to creep in the, I, I'm like peeking through the windows of these social media. I don't want to commit, but I yeah. like looking at stuff. Uh, where can people, you know, just send a carrier pigeon. Say, send it to Tommy. Throw it up in the air. Not even a last name. <laughs> Touchdown, Tommy. Yeah, <laughs> all the pigeons now. Enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, listen, if your pigeon's good enough, it will find me. If it's not, it's probably the pigeon's fault. Uh, but yeah, that's up to me. Uh, what I'm up to is I'm here with you. Uh, and otherwise, I don't know. I'm watching TV. It's, it's TV. I don't want to even endorse TV at this point uh, because of what's happening in the world still. Well, so Tommy, let me on. ask you this. We haven't, we've been on a bit of a hiatus. This is kind of our comeback. Um, and I felt like it was a good time to ask you for a recommendation, but you know, but aside from movies and TV, is there anything you can recommend? Um, well, I like, I would recommend what I'm watching in TV. I, I'm watching Dragon Ball Z Kai, a uh, anime that took the original Dragon Ball Z and, if anyone knows Dragon Ball Z, sometimes they had a really long battles where it'd be like 20 episodes for one battle. And so uh, Dragon Ball Z was basically a version that cut a lot of that filler. A lot, a lot of times they tried to give the manga space. So it was like they cut a lot of that filler. They get the thing moving. The pace is a lot faster. It's a lot crisper. Um, the music's not as good, but the voice acting is, is crisper as well. Uh, so I've been enjoying, I've been enjoying that ride. On Dragon Ball Z Kai. What about you, Greg? Is there any... Uh... Greg, I thought about you the other day when I was on vacation. I should have sent you some pictures because I went to a barcade and there was like mm. a vast selection of pinball machines. Where at? And um, it, this was uh, Pensacola, Florida. I forget the mm. name of it. I'm not familiar with any place, anyone, anywhere down there. Yeah. Um, I have been playing a lot of pinball. I have a lot of, I have a very active pinball league that I belong to right now. Um, but 
Uh, and uh, if anybody is is interested in seeking out pinball the new foo fighters pinball machine is very fun i'm not a fan of the band but the the game is fun um but no like like consumption wise my life is completely eaten up by baseball and the current unbelievable onslaught of competitive reality tv that we're in the middle of and going to be joining we've got big brother going on right now we've got the challenge usa we've got two versions of the traders in New Zealand and Australia. We've got American Ninja Warrior. We are about to have Survivor and Amazing Race, both doing 90 minutes a week as if like we didn't have enough to do. Um, I'm also is... watching Love Island and Claim to Fames on top. Oh of yeah, Claim to Fame doing. is still on. It's, it's yeah, at least that's about to end. It is yeah. a lot. Oh, Amazing Race Canada, I'm also watching. It is it is crazy. So mm. between uh, between those two things, I don't have a lot of time for anything else. Fair. Uh, and I was I was going to, uh, I thought I might have something to recommend, but the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I think it's just reality TV. I'll put an extra plug in for the Challenge USA because I think it's specifically good this yeah, season. Yeah, it's been really great this um, year so far. So if you were one that didn't like the first season or you're like a Tommy that doesn't watch the Challenge at all, you know, it might be time to hop in. Or don't. No, oh, yeah. I mean, listen. <laughs> no, listen, I will be a challenge hater. Okay. Yeah. But also as a podcast, we recommend watching Rebels. If you made it this far, yes, yes, and you absolutely. haven't seen Rebels, go watch it. It really is a sequel series. Like, yes, you can probably watch Ahsoka without it. I will feel like you're gonna get more from it if you watch it. Has anyone published like an episode list of like here's some here's like the key things to watch in Clone Wars and Rebels to catch up with Ahsoka? Because I mean, it, we are talking about like 200 episodes of TV clearly, and I think you could. It feels like you could distill it down to 30 or so, maybe. Greg, I know you weren't just teeing me up to talk about my Google Sheet where I track every single episode of Rebels and Clone Wars and tell you specifically what episodes are focusing on which characters if you want to go through and watch for a specific character, which I do have. And if anybody wants it, they can hit me up. They, and I was absolutely teeing you up for that. Okay. Uh, all right, guys, uh, this is so much fun. I'm going to go ahead and close this out here. I'd like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify, preferably five stars. Also, please subscribe because we're going to be here every single week with Ahsoka coverage. Um, follow us on Instagram and X or Twitter, or we're also on Threads, I guess. And what's the other one? There's another, I don't even know where we are anymore, but we're probably at Stark Wars Pod. So if you're if you're on the social media, that's where you'll find us. Uh, also, we have a Discord community going on. So if that's something you're interested in, you can hit us up and we will get you in there. But that is all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Get out of here.